Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Section 11 of Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scott's Last Expedition, Volume 1. The Journals of Robert Falcon Scott, arranged by Leonard Huxley. Second part of Chapter 5, Depot Lane to One Ton Camp. Wednesday, February 1st, Camp 3. A day of comparative inactivity and some disappointment. Miris and Wilson returned at noon, reporting the ice out beyond the Razorback Island. No return to Cape Evans. No pony snowshoes. Alas, I have decided to make a start tomorrow without them. Late tonight, Atkinson's foot was examined. It is bad, and there's no possibility of its getting right for some days. He must be left behind. I've decided to leave Crayon with him. Most luckily, we now have an extra tent and cooker. How the ponies are to be led is very doubtful. Well, we must do the best that circumstances permit. Poor Atkinson is in very low spirits. I sent Gran to the Discovery Hut with our last mail. He went on ski and was nearly four hours away, making me rather anxious. As the wind had sprung up and there was a strong surface drift, he narrowly missed the camp on returning, and I am glad to get him back. Our food allowance seems to be very ample, and if we go on, as at present, we shall thrive amazingly. Thursday, February 2nd, Camp 4 Made a start at last. Roused out at 7, left camp about 10.30. Atkinson and Crayon remained behind. Very hard on the latter. Atkinson suffering much pain and mental distress at his condition. For the latter, I fear I cannot have much sympathy, as he ought to have reported his trouble long before. Crean will manage to rescue some more of the forage from the barrier edge. I am very sorry for him. On starting with all the ponies, I leading Atkinson's, I saw with some astonishment that the animals were not sinking deeply, and to my pleased surprise, we made good progress at once. This lasted for more than an hour, then the surface got comparatively bad again, but still most of the ponies did well with it, making five miles. Birdies, footnote, the favorite nickname for Bowers, end of footnote. Animal, however, 
is very heavy and flounders where the others walk fairly easily he is eager and tries to go faster as he flounders as a result he was brought in in a lather i inquired for our one set of snowshoes and found they had been left behind the difference in surface from what was expected makes one wonder whether better conditions may not be expected during the night and in the morning when the temperatures are low my suggestion that we should take to-night marching has met with general approval even if there is no improvement in the surface the ponies will rest better during the warmer hours and march better in the night so we are resting in our tents waiting to start to-night gran has gone back for the snowshoes he volunteered good-naturedly certainly his expertness on ski is useful last night the temperature fell to minus six degree after the wind dropped Today it is warm and calm. Impressions The seductive folds of the sleeping bag, the hiss of the primus and the fragrant steam of the cooker issuing from the tent ventilator, the small green tent and the great white road, the whine of a dog and the neigh of our steeds, the driving cloud of powdered snow, the crunch of footsteps which break the surface crust, the wind-blown furrows, the blue arch beneath the smoky cloud, the crisp ring of the pony's hooves, and the swish of the following sledge, the droning conversation of the march as driver encourages or chides his horse, the patter of dog-pads, the gentle flutter of our canvas shelter, its deep booming sound under the full force of a blizzard, the drift snow like finest flower penetrating every hole and corner flickering up beneath one's head covering pricking sharply as a sandblast the sun with blurred image peeping shyly through the wreathing drift giving pale shadowless light the eternal silence of the great white desert cloudy columns of snowdrift advancing from the south pale yellow wraiths heralding the coming storm blotting out one by one the sharp cut lines of the land the blizzard nature's protest the crevasse nature's pitfall that grim trap for the unwary no hunter could conceal his snare so perfectly the light rippled snow bridge gives no hint or sign of the hidden danger its position unguessable till man or beast is floundering clawing and struggling for foothold on the brink the vast silence broken only by the mellow sounds of the marching column friday february the third eight a m camp five roused the camp at ten p m and we started marching at twelve thirty at first surface bad but gradually improving we had two short spells and set up temporary camp to feed ourselves and ponies at three twenty started again at five and marched till seven in all covered nine miles surface seemed to have improved during the last part of the march till just before camping time when bowers who was leading plunged into soft snow several of the others following close on his heels shared his fate and soon 
three ponies were plunging and struggling in a drift. Gerard's pony, which has very broad feet, found hard stuff beyond, and then my pony got round. Ford and Keohane led round on comparatively hard ground well to the right, and the entangled ponies were unharnessed, and led round from patch to patch, till firmer ground was reached. Then we camped, and the remaining loads were brought in. Then came the triumph of the snowshoe again. We put a set on Bower's big pony. At first he walked awkwardly, for a few minutes only. Then he settled down, was harnessed to his load, brought that in and another also, all over places into which he had been plunging. If we had more of these shoes, we could certainly put them on seven out of eight of our ponies, and after a little, I think, on the eighth, Oates's pony, as certainly the ponies so shod would draw their loads over the soft snow patches without any difficulty. It is trying to feel that so great a help to our work has been left behind at the station. Impressions It is pathetic to see the ponies floundering in the soft patches. The first sink is a shock to them, and seems to brace them to action. Thus they generally try to rush through when they feel themselves sticking. If the patch is small, they land snorting and agitated on the harder surface with much effort. And if the patch is extensive, they plunge on gamely until exhausted. Most of them, after a bit, plunge forward with both forefeet together making a series of jumps and bringing the sledge behind them with jerks. This is, of course, terribly tiring for them. Now and again they have to stop, and it is horrid to see them half engulfed in the snow, panting and heaving from the strain. Now and again one falls and lies trembling and temporarily exhausted. It must be terribly trying for them, but it is 